Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Taste of Dragons, the podcast, the video game podcast that all of you guest hosts listen to. <laughs> this week, we'll be talking about uh, Dreaming in Pocket Planets. Oh. The news is going to be legendary. Ah. I hope so. Our topic is about cheaters. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And the dragon this week is a coder. Ooh. Oh. Fun, 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 fun. Yeah. So, uh, my name is Brian. Amanda. I'm Troy. And I'm Joe. I'm glad to be back. Wow, your voice. Mm. <laughs> like like honey to my ears, Brian. And I have missed that honey. I've I've dripped a real honey in my ear while you've been gone. I, it's not good for your ears. I, I just have to talk. I don't have to look at bars. I don't have to remember yes. to say things. I can just I can just listen. No numbers. I can just talk to you, Mandy. Right? Just talk, oh, we we're just, just having, having a conversation. conversation. I missed you guys so much. <laughs> Uh, thank you, guys. you all for coming back to the podcast. Well, well thank you guys for mm-hmm. filling in and, and doing a lot of the duties that, you know, that we have done. And, and, and our guest, guest hosts, uh, AJ and Nakia, for filling in. They were awesome. Yeah. You guys were killing it. Props I was, to them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I do have a note. Pour a uh, little honey in your ears, guys, tonight. <laughs> Tre- my treat. I do have a, a note. Uh, there was way too much Xbox talk. Um, <laughs> too much Xbox for you, Brian? Way too much Xbox. Just- uh, but hey, you know, our fact checker got two episodes. Episodes in, good for him. <laughs> True, a clutch, clutch uh, too. But time for trashing his games is back again. Okay, okay. Time for trashing games is here. Just his, just, just his. his. Okay, okay, okay. He he did come over uh, while you were guys were gone and showed us like like good forty five minutes of Sea of Thieves. And I don't be the one to say this, but it did look super fun. Because <laughs> it was it was forty five minutes. That's how much fun there is. <laughs> For he showed us only the fun part. Exactly. All right, listen, else. you, Brian, and our fact checker, AJ, you guys have some beef here over a few games. I'm just, I'm just saying, maybe we should put it out there at some point, somewhere, we should settle this beef. It could be on the air. It could be a podcast. Maybe it's a video. I don't know. It could be a fist fight. <laughs> Yikes. Brian, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm losing that, that one. <laughs> it could be a fist fight. Let them be pirates. They could take you over each other's ships. But, yes, but if this is a popularity contest, I can guarantee you any other game besides Sea of Thieves and Fallout seventy six is gonna win. I, popularity <laughs> wise alone, I feel Not like your name is AJ. <laughs> I feel like there can be some type of video game off when okay. yeah. we happen. Yeah. Some Fair type enough. of contest Fair for enough. you yeah. two to just just get out all these feelings to say your piece okay. to each other. And, and maybe through video game form as well. I don't know. Right. We'll see. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Or fist fight, like Mandy says. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm losing. I'm going to just force fit that. If right they're there. fist fighting, my money's on AJ. Sorry. Also, Brian. can we pour? Oh, so is mine. <laughs> can we pour honey over you two and then have you fight? I'm just, What's the honey thing? I want to see him fighting honey. Oh, whatever. You want me to bring up the bees? <laughs> we had bees, y'all. <laughs> you guys had bees. So you may remember on a previous podcast we were talking about doing a lot of home improvement. Yes. We fixed it all up thanks to the help of a lot of friends and family. Good. And and then uh, Mandy was going into the laundry room and was like, huh, are those four dead bees on the windowsill? There's never been bees in our house ever. I've never seen a live bee in our house ever. And then huh. I looked at the light fixture and I'm like, huh, are those six dead bees in the light fixture? And every morning we would find at least two or three more new dead bees until finally we, we well, we called them uh, as soon as possible. But it took yeah. about two days to get here because it was a weekday. Uh-huh. Apparently we had a huge hive in our gutters and in our attic near our laundry room that has just been doing its thing and and, and they sprayed it and then we had like 50 live angry, angry bees, bees in our house in our laundry just <laughs> it bad. pissed at us and every once in a while one would get out of the laundry and I would have 
Windex and a glove. And I was like, <laughs> not today. Not today, man. Uh, 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 uh. This Man, is my nightmare. I don't know if you understand. Mandy you guys stepped know. on a bee. <laughs> Brian's actually terrified of bees. Really? Oh, yeah. Sorry. There are no bees no, 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 now. No, 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 no. I don't this care. This is okay. the it's best. Fine. It was well, fun Well, if you to look watch. at that light fixture yeah. behind you, you will see some dead bees. <laughs> oh, that's fine. They're dead. <laughs> you stepped on a bee? I, that's how I found them. Is I, was walking, I was cleaning the house, and I went into the laundry room, and I didn't think about the laundry room because I was I was walking outside. I think I was r- running things back and forth through the house. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd stepped on it outside, which made sense because bees yeah. are outside. Uh, and then I went in the laundry room, and I was like, there are too many dead bees. I, like, Googled dead bee omens. I was really freaked out for a while. Apparently, Zeus was very angry at us. Yeah, not a fan of our home improvement choices. But the bottom of your foot healed. Oh, yeah, my, I'm fine. So you're good. It's a little annoying having a, a, a sting on the bottom of your foot, but yeah. you're good like that. Um, but anyway, how was Japan? <laughs> yeah, that, uh, was, that, was what, that was what happened to us while you were gone. But. <laughs> uh, well, if you saw our, um, our winter, what I'm not talking about this week. Yeah, on Instagram. Check on it Instagram, out. Instagram, check it out. And Facebook as well. Uh, you will have seen that there was a lot of snow uh, where we were. Oh, my goodness. It looked hilly, chilly. Oh, it was, it was awesome. Uh, it was so great. We were at the we started our trip at the Sapporo Snow Festival, uh, which is in the very northern part of I, Japan. I, I, let me premise, preface real quick, uh, uh, listeners out there. We are going to talk about some games, but we we got some stuff to talk about we first. We, we got, got some, some catching up, some Japanese stuff to talk about, some bee stuff to talk about. So you know, sandwiches. S- sandwiches. Settle in, settle in. The, ga- <laughs> the games are coming. The games are coming. Uh, but yeah, we started off with that, and it was cold. It was very very cold, very uh, snowy. It was awesome. It that awesome. sounds so nice. As yeah. like a Floridian, just yeah. to be able to like experience the snow you speak of. Uh-huh. It sounds so nice. You get it to was. unironically wear a coat. Right? Ooh. We had to buy winter wear. Yeah. <laughs> that was completely worth it. <laughs> <laughs> completely worth it. Fingers get real cold and then they stop moving. Yeah. <laughs> you you got to put something on that. Or you could not. <laughs> Do you not wear mittens? I try not to. You should gloves. always wear gloves. I I, uh, I have camera gloves and I hate them, so I just didn't wear them. I had uh, gloves though. He had I gloves. used them. Oh yeah, <laughs> I do gloves. I don't do gloves at all. If I can avoid gloves, I do. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's because I always have a camera or some sort of tech in my hands, and I can't feel. I can't hold on to it properly with gloves in my hands, so I just don't do it. I had a northern mood terrify me about not wearing gloves. Is that like because if you don't wear gloves, you have a tendency to put your hands in your pockets, and all you have to do is get on like a slippery area. Uh, and then you slip, and then your hands are in your pockets, and you just fall on your face. And I was like, that would That's totally true. be me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so we gloves. saw it. We, we saw watched it, it oh, no. happen. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, because the entire city is, you know, encased in ice and yeah. snow. I think it wow. was only, I think there's maybe an eight hour period total where it didn't snow the entire, what, four or five days that yeah. we were there. Uh, so we're everywhere we were looking, we're like, all right, so as like when we we're crossing the roads, because it just gets compacted, we're like, all right, watch out for snow. So we would have like, two people in front of us that are just pedestrians and we would watch them and see how they were walking. <laughs> it's like, all right, it's icy right there. <laughs> Everybody watch out. So it's just like that, what, the last scene in the last crusade of Indiana Jones. You just yeah. look and see what the person in front of you did to get past the, the gulch. Pretty much, and yeah. And do that. Yeah. 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 Okay, but, cool. But this city is so used to snow because it's so far north that uh, most of their sidewalks are heated. So the, cool. so the snow's not on it. Wow. Um, and then they have an entire, uh, about probably about three miles of their main stretch of road. Uh, you can go underground and it's all underground. Oh, cool. It's so awesome. It's heated. It's <laughs> called Pole Town. It's called Pole Town. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. And when we first got there two years ago, when we first went to Sapporo, 
uh, it was in April. So, I mean, it was cold, but it wasn't like terribly cold. But like as we were walking around, I was like, man, there's not a lot of people here. And then as we were walking, we're like, <laughs> look at that. It says Pole Town. <laughs> was there strippers in there? We just kept on walking. And then Another entrance it... to Pole Town. <laughs> Ooh, more strippers. So then that, was... That's got to be a name of a strip club somewhere. Of course. Yeah, get oh, get two tickets to Pole Town. Yeah, come on down to Pole Town. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it wasn't until the, the next neighbors. day. I was walking. I was like, you know what? I'm going to Pole Town. I'm doing it. <laughs> we're doing it, guys. And so I get down there and I look. I'm like, oh, this is where all the people are. <laughs> They're in the heat. They're nice and warm and toasty under underneath here. Underneath the roads, so there's no traffic lights. <laughs> this is very smart. <laughs> that must feel like some type of fantasy, like right? going underground and just seeing like an entire population just you know flourishing. Yeah, and there's stores down there that are only down there. There's all these eateries and and everything. Amazing did, cheese tarts. Yeah. Did any of those eateries sell sandwiches? Good question. Good they question. did sell <gasps> sandwiches. Were you able to try a sandwich or two while you were there? We might have had some sandwiches. Oh, yes. my we might have. You, you did hear us uh, fail. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. And I, the entire time I was like, they're just sandwiches. They're just, they have lots of sandwiches. They have casa sandos. Like, there's just tons of them. There's tons of egg sandos. And... Are, are they specific? Is there anything specific to them that make them um, Japanese versus... Like an American sandwich? A lot of the types of um, condiments that go on them are like it's Japanese mayonnaise or it'll be like a... And ketchup is kind of the same okay. everywhere. So if it's got ketchup on it or if it's got like a mustard on it, they're all kind of the same everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's lots of different kinds of mustard, but you know... The, mm-hmm. But yeah. one of the things that makes them a bit more unique than other sandwiches is that a lot of the time, if it's not like a cold cut space sandwich, it is something fried on the inside of it. Uh-huh. And it's it's really good. Oh, like I'm it'll listening. be like a, a deep, a nice piece of like pork belly or a, oh, yeah. a, a, or okay. a really right. tender piece of chicken, and it's been mm. perfectly battered to where everything is moist on the inside of it. Oh. Yeah, their my stomach good. is yeah. very jealous right now <laughs> and good. very angry at me for not experiencing so, this. So try it a good example. It's like in Florida, like you you have to get a Cuban sandwich. It's like I mean, obviously they're probably better in Cuba, but like here, like, yes. like that's the thing they recommend. Was there like a Japanese Sapporo? sandwich where they're like this is the one if you're in japan get the sandwich sapporo is known for uh butter and mm-hmm. dairy products and a melon uh, a type of cantaloupe okay um so you put butter melon on a little bit of toast <laughs> don't they boom. have melon bread is they made do from melons? but melon bread's everywhere butter on the melon bread? oh it's in See? it oh. sometimes See? they'll cut the melon bread in half oh. and they'll put like whipped cream and it's like the most fluffy oh whipped goodness. cream you've ever had in your life yeah but it doesn't have a very overly sweet flavor but there's a piece of hokkaido butter in it Ooh. and the hokkaido butter is like the best butter ever we, we had really, a yeah yeah oh my god Ooh. it's uh I could I could probably just grab a spoon and eat that butter. It's it's just it's, not. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, Hokkaido butter is like the a best. sweet butter, or is it just really? It's it's uh, really sweet. Savory. Like um, you know how what sweet corn when you don't have butter on it tastes like? You know yeah. how like it already has like a nice yes. li- like a light sweet flavoring. Yeah. It's like that oh only. It's gosh. just like a deep, rich, wonderful light sweet. Flavor. Man, I'm really tasting this dragon so this good. week. Yeah. So this good. is a tasty so dragon. <laughs> Hokkaido is known for potatoes as well. Like they did, they they we had a lot of different kinds of stews and potatoes and things oh, like that. It was Really yeah. my and food is really cheap there. I mean, unless you go to like an actual restaurant, uh-huh. food is real cheap there. So like uh, the snow festival, the reason why it's called the festival is because if it's a festival, it has a lot of food Ooh, <laughs> and it's all, you know, regional stuff there. 
And so it was just a whole bunch of snow uh, sculptures and then food and and just surrounding it. And sometimes the snow sculptures were food. Yeah. Just have at you. We just didn't know. Yeah. Ice pop. Watch out for Pole Town. (laughs) (laughs) But like, you know, one of the things that Joe ended up getting was like a beef stew, but it had a whole potato in it. Uh, Like like a full baked potato in there? Four bucks. Yeah. But it was was like a a really awesome round Hokkaido potato. And it had like a piece of butter on the top of it that melted into the stew. It had pieces of beef all the way around. It was so good, and it was. I, I don't remember the name of the place. I wish I could remember. Yeah, I, I, I probably have a picture either. of it somewhere. And I'll, 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 I'll tell you guys next week. But it was. So it was really into yeah. all of this. Yeah, this so good. Wow, so this was really worth good. the wait. <laughs> <laughs> this is worth the, all the three weeks you all were away to come back I'm, and I'm tell us to about the these things. potatoes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, we'll have them. We'll have them one. We'll have them. I will. I will find a way to import some Hokkaido potatoes, and we will make oh this happen. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I You're can't welcome. even think straight now. <laughs> well, I also have some questions for you guys. So, Get out you know. of here. For us? Yeah, for Did we go guys. to Japan? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Just in case. I had to check with Mandy. I never know sometimes. <laughs> are these questions like, did you do the things that we told you while you were gone? Are these like the parents' questions where you come back and you're like, did hey, you, did you did you leave the toaster plugged in like I told you not did to? Did you forget uh, to bring an SD card one time and then had to stop at Walgreens to pick it up on the way? <laughs> <laughs> Only to realize that there are two extra SD cards in the box. Because the answer is... No, no, of course not. <laughs> well, let me cross that one off. <laughs> but no, like I want to you know, like how did the podcasting go? You know, like uh, you guys procured your own guest hosts, uh, which was pretty nice. Um, and, you know, how was like what was your favorite part of hosting and and producing? Because you guys each did it um, at different points yeah to be honest i think that the, the best thing about it speak breaking it down to a technical level yeah. is like perspective yeah being able to navigate and juggle the topics as as the host mm-hmm. while also trying to keep track of the time is something that was uh more difficult um than you would imagine because uh, <laughs> you're kind of having two thoughts at once yeah how do i keep this conversation going and what conversation is coming up next mm-hmm. um and so it was cool to get a perspective on that for me and also to do what you do, Joe, um, keeping the levels together and if there's any disruptions or whatnot, being able to check the times and and just kind of uh, making sure the bones of the podcast are documented and, and, and there. I, I think for me, it was definitely a perspective that I think will now translate into you know, my, my normal position here, which is not doing any of that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it will actually allow me to, uh, be better in this realm as well. So I I think perspective taking was, was my favorite thing. Nice. Uh, that I got. I thought you guys did phenomenal. Yeah. I really like, I was, I I would hear it and I'm like, Oh, look at that. They checked the levels. Look at this. this I was very excited. I mean, I I got got the training wheels on. And then we took them off halfway through. And then I was like, we're doing it. (laughs) It was impressive. And I can't, I actually can't imagine hosting and doing this part at all. Like not in any way can I imagine doing that. So you guys are, you guys are superhero rock stars to me. Yeah. We, uh, I think my favorite part is actually something the, the audience wouldn't have heard is that whenever we make a mistake uh, is we will um, like make a noise in the podcast so that when Joe goes back and edits, she notices. Uh, but I realized that Joe would be listening to this before you guys got to listen to it. So whenever we made a mistake, we'd leave a note for Joe. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Joe, how's Japan? I hope everything's good. Buy a sandwich for us. Bye, Joe. <laughs> it was very cute. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, like the our, I think our favorite thing about it is just being able to get uh, AJ and, and Nakia on to get some some uh, different 
yeah, get get their side of games. In. Oh yeah, they've definitely been really uh, great friends to the podcast, mm-hmm. and we've always known they've been really avid gamers, and we've been looking for the right time to get them involved in the podcast. So. Yeah. Uh, the opportunity arose to do that, and we we loved the fact that it was just kind of like three of us, which it felt very uh, intimate in a in a honey filled way. Still on this honey, just, you are, you are sticking sticking with me. Oh, uh-huh. uh-huh. uh, the Brianisms were fun. I was just gonna say, I think my favorite part was the just being Brian all the time. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of your name got mentioned a lot on that last podcast. It really did. I, gotta, I gotta say. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, no, I've 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 really enjoyed seeing your guys' spin on it, or seeing, hearing your guys' spin on it, um, and the way that you guys started the episode, the way you guys did your transitions. Um, I did like seeing uh, Joe edit the episodes and going, oh, that's how they did that, you know, with uh, the way that you guys did your levels and your notes and everything. Right. Like uh, forgetting sometimes and then going back and being like, it was before this time, but maybe like 30 <laughs> seconds before. I don't know. I forgot to look. <laughs> Here's the ballpark. Yeah, exactly. It helped. It really did. <laughs> but no, I, you know, it's, it was pretty cool to see, you know, somebody else do it and, and do it very well. Right, so, on, right on, so right on, right on. I appreciate you guys, well, as always. Well, we appreciate you all as well. We're happy to have you back. We'll probably uh, check back in with you all for some other Japanese tidbits and stories. I'm of sure there's, there's plenty. Oh, yeah. That was the first uh, five days. <laughs> <Yeah. our trip. laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll trickle it in yeah. over over the, the weeks. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right. So let's uh, get on to what we've been playing this week, then. What are you playing? It sounds better with four people. <laughs> <laughs> I loved hearing Nikia say like, oh my gosh, it's like watching, watching. The- I love this part. <laughs> it was so cute. It's real. It's really real. Uh-huh. It's, it's so real. Uh, so uh, what about you, Troy? What did you play this week? Dreamweaver. I've been dreaming all my life on my PlayStation. <laughs> That's a new song I'm coming out with. I like it. I like it. I dreamed about it last night and now it's real. That's 100% mine. Don't look it up. <laughs> um, Dreams, the media molecule uh, user-generated creative content game uh, came out February 14th, uh, Valentine's. Um, and so I uh, have jumped fully into that bad boy like you would not believe. Now, the early access for this came out last year. And on an episode there, I got to just kind of talk about the different things you're trying you, you and how it's toe. working. Yes. I, uh, I had a nap. Yeah. <laughs> I took a little nap, had a quick like REM one dream, REM two maybe, but in uh, but now it's out, and so I got to actually go deep to deep sleep. Is that like fourth REM? What is that? I think you just call REM deep sleep. Oh, two actual REMs. Yeah. But I got a lot of REMs in this time. Nice. <laughs> um, so they've added a lot of um, what they've added since the early access is the uh tutorial has been a little more robust it's a little more story driven so you can actually learn what you're doing uh with a guide uh before they kind of dropped you in and you're like figure it out and then they, they gave you tools here to figure it out but it took a long time to get a grasp of how to make things work mm-hmm. but now you have like a, a lovely little imp which is like a uh, a little fluffy ball with eyes <laughs> that'll tell you what to do she looks like a princess it's a princess Ooh. fluffy ball <laughs> <laughs> And uh, they got it, it. It taught me enough to like understand how to make things work, and also understand that like this is not what I'm using this game for. <laughs> uh, this is user created content. I will just be the user. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so Media Molecule, the creators of this game, um, they actually uh, 
made their own dream. And in this game, dreams are pretty much like small games. And they wanted to make something that to show people like what is possible if you have an intimate uh, knowledge of the software and if you work on it for a while. So mm-hmm. they made their own dream called Arts Dream. And it's remarkable, dudes. Like <laughs> it is it is an indie game. It's just full-fledged. It's a point-and-click adventure that it's about two hours long. But to even call it a point-and-click adventure is is not fair because – since they are using it as a platform to show what you can do, it breaks into platforming, shooters. There is there is uh, songs in it. It's it's a, it's, it's a musical uh, as well, um, and by itself, it's just like a beautiful story. You play as uh, Art, who's a bassist, um, who plays a stand up bass, and he's um, not a nice dude. He kind of walks out on the band. And he's dealing with a lot of insecurities, and he feels guilty over it, and he feels like he's right. And the only way he can kind of deal through his thoughts is through his dreams. Ooh, they said it. (laughs) This whole um, game that they made is incredibly on the nose. (laughs) It's it's not even yeah. So they uh, so you end up playing the platform part is like looking at these two dolls that he had when he was a kid, and they're like fighting to save you know his his talent, and then in real life or what he thinks is real life is him just trying to get to his next gig. And it's like three different types of games all interwoven together to make a, a huge game about dealing with your with your demons. But they have like a point and click version and they have like a platformer version and then they have what was the last one you did? Kind of like a like a beat 'em up. Oh okay. Yeah. Where you just have a hammer and you're this this panda, you're just bopping things on the head and it's like a it's like one of those squeaky hammers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nice. You're playing like all three of those games at the same time because it's not like a regular video game. You kind of have the tools to do whatever you want. So it was cool to see all three of those in the same narrative. Nice. And and done so well. And and artistry-wise, it's just beautiful. Did I mention there's four musical numbers in this too? <laughs> <laughs> and they're hilarious. And nice. they're all done by this blue dude with a mustache who's always like messing with you. It's fantastic. They're very meta. They're like, he's singing... <laughs> show tunes because he knows you don't like show yeah. tunes <laughs> <laughs> yeah he raps at one point yeah it, it, it's it's a great experience and once you're done with it you're like okay this tool is not messing around <laughs> uh after i finished through art's dream which was remarkable i then just started bit bopping my way through all the different things that people have made out there i got to see everything from uh, a really amazing sonic's adventure remake <laughs> to a fallout 4 like shot for shot remake detailed wow. as if it was actually like made by Bethesda. Wow. Which, which is kind of interesting because we've seen a lot of people remake content, yeah. um, both old content and new content, uh, which kind of begs the question, like when How does is this allow right, when does fan art become <laughs> copyright infringement where like dreams is new right now. So like totally going in to play all of these things and like, because they may not be there forever. And you're only Some getting of them like, are, too good. They're only getting like a couple minutes or five minutes or what they've made so far. You know, I yeah, played yeah, Sonic's yeah. Adventures. They have one level out of like, you know, the, the, the five different worlds you go to or, or whatnot. So you're not getting too much out of it, but it'll be interesting what they do. There's a lot of original games out there. I'm just playing one called The Pilgrim, which is like, what if Mario was old? Like, what if Mario grew old, has a beard and a cane? And he was a wizard. 
Yeah, well, Mario yes. is a wizard. He's yeah, already he a wizard. Oh, yeah. He shoots yeah. fireballs and he's stuff. He's a plumber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's because he's still young now. But once he gets oh, old, he's a wizard. That's the evolution. Yeah. He's your child plumber, expert plumber, apprentice wizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of like dark and beautiful, but he still has his triple jump and his like duck jump and all that stuff. And it, it's just like people can have these interesting premises and then run with it. What if Mario was old, you know? Uh, one of the creators uh, who made a um, who made a shooter game kind of in the same line as a Galaga or like a Resogun mm-hmm. has already been picked up by professional developers to work with them. That's so cool. <laughs> so somebody has made a Dreams game and someone was like, yep, you, come on out. And it's <laughs> only been a couple weeks. <laughs> and I guarantee you they, the, those there are probably companies out there looking for those people. Oh, yeah. They're using this as oh a my gosh. as a recruitment tool. Everyone wins, yeah. I think, <laughs> uh, if the copyright stuff goes through. <laughs> <laughs> like the people who make, the, the, the people behind Dreams, Media Molecule, they win because they're just having all this amazing free content. It's infinite games. Like each of these games that I'm playing could suffice as an amazing indie game. And it's just one of a hundred or thousands or millions that are that are on this uh, platform now. Yeah. So they win by just having content always being fresh content always being made. And then yeah, if people get start getting picked up and recognized or followed or whatever. That's great for those developers. I want those people to be making the games of my future outside of dreams. Yeah. Right. Um, and also sparking the imagination of of, of the youth. You know, like <laughs> I feel like there's a generation that has grown up with Minecraft that has that are now in their probably early 20s. You know, they're, they're, they're too old for Fortnite. They were the Minecraft kids. <laughs> <laughs> probably late teens, early 20s, whatever it may be. They need something that's a little, dare I say, a little more demanding maybe mm-hmm. than, than Minecraft, but can take those developing tools and really start to make their own game. Like, I am so excited for what this, for what fruits these dreams may, may drop for us. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so I'm just tipping the iceberg. I've spent hours with it already, but I know that I will probably be checking in here with you all if I ever, whenever, when I find the next like just <laughs> mind blowing thing. Um, but yeah, dreams. I'm excited. Nice. I'm gonna go back to sleep very soon. Right now, actually. <laughs> Goodbye. No Goodbye. wait. <laughs> More podcast. Oh, sorry. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, how about you, uh, Joe? What did I you catch spent up with? Three entire weeks playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> In Japan, oh, yes, he did. Like you literally, went. I like I. It was on twenty four seven. The only time I didn't play was when we were on trains because we've learned that if you play on the trains, you're going too fast and you'll get soft banned because uh, it thinks you're cheating. You made Pokemon Go into Pokemon Joe. I don't. <laughs> we've been practicing. I see that. <laughs> you can't yeah, stop I, us now, Brian. You can't stop us now. It's too late, Brian. Stealing my bit. <laughs> But it, it was it was phenomenal over there. There's so many like it, there's people who are actually playing on the streets. So it's not like you it's not like here where you kind of have to have friends to kind of go around with because you can't do right. some of the five star raids. And when we were in Sapporo, one of the things that happened, we were walking by a shrine and there was a raid for a very simple Pokemon. We could have done it by ourselves, but we jumped in the raid. We're like, oh, I don't have like one of our, our crew didn't have that one yet. And we're like, yeah, let's just do it. You, you catch it at the end of it. It'll be fun. And they could be shiny or perfect or whatever. Yeah. Um, we jump into the raid and uh, it has the pop-up of your your avatar with your level. And then our friends' ones pop up and then two new ones pop up. Aww. And we made friends with people like in real life. And I only friend people in Pokemon Go if I actually know them or if I've met them at something. Right. So I always have a face to go with whatever whoever I did meet. And 
oh my goodness it was so cool like it was this nice couple that was just playing pokemon Aww. and they were like are you they didn't they didn't speak english poorly but they english was definitely not their first language and they were like oh where are you guys from and we, we had like a very base level conversation but it's like i love this game I it's so like weird what but you I love did it. is like the goal of pokemon go yes. to yeah. be in a foreign country <laughs> checking out the the different landmarks that are in pokemon go meeting someone you've never met with and having a positive experience mm -hmm. oh yeah like that's that's it yeah. that's oh, it all is. you can ask for well, I mean, and, and, goodness. and it's great because like also some of the places here like there's there's spoofers which are people who just you know oh i'm in that spot even though i'm in my house you know yeah. i'm, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. tricking my gps into thinking i'm there but being there and seeing the two people like we just looked around we we're like oh where you know are these people actually here are they and then we looked around and we saw them we're like, like nope, they're actually here <laughs> this is great and then we actually friended we them made friends with them the in the game Aww. so they send us stuff from right Aww. now i think they're in one of them is in singapore i think actually yeah, i think so it's, it's like they're sending us stuff from that side of the room we're sending them stuff from this side of the world it's Aww. pretty great i i love that game yeah so that's i i mean i went hard though like <laughs> Joe that went game, a little too hard. That game got like 50 bucks from me over the three weeks. Oh, that kind like, of Like I was like yeah. hatching eggs like a mad woman. It was not good. Well, yeah, because you're only going to be there for so long. Right. So oh, yeah. Wow. This is why I said in that meeting, this is the best. This is yeah. what they were hoping for. This is, oh, so good. These moments. Yeah. Uh, we, we got a couple of the regional ones. I was very excited. We got the the green Pangea. I think uh, we got the blue Shellos. Pansage. Pansage. Pan I'm sorry. That's right. The Pansage. Yeah. It's super cute. They're dumb Aww. little monkey things. They're adorable. One of them's green. I was very excited about yeah. it. I, I didn't catch them at first. Everybody else got them. But because every time I saw them, they were just too far off the map. And I was oh, like, I can't yeah. walk. Like, I'm going to walk in a half hour that way to go get this thing. I'll, I'll get it at some point. <laughs> like, everybody else was like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. And they everybody else got them pretty quickly. And right. it just wouldn't show up for me. I'm like, man, it's... I'm like the only one of you guys actually avidly playing. I'm the only one that doesn't have these regionals. What's happening? Wow. So it was, but I finally got them and I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. I just need one for the decks. I just need one for the decks. Oh, I'm glad you got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was actually a lot of fun. So nice. Nice, Joe. Uh, I will go next. Uh, my game is, was um, Journey to the Savage Planets. Ooh. Uh, which is a game sounds artistic. It's a it's a first game for uh, by this by this company, and so it's the it's the one that a lot of people thought Outer Worlds was as well. Like okay. you land in a you land in <laughs> a planet. Not to be confused with Outer Wilds. Not to be confused with Outer Wilds. Uh, you land in a in a remote area, or you wake up in a remote area, and you are one of hundreds of thousands of explorers that this company, this corporation has sent out to try to find uh, like new antibodies, new, new mm -hmm. everything, just new chemicals. And so it's very Monty Python type of humor. Oh, they I do didn't expect that. Neither did I. <laughs> isn't, isn't that the one where, like, inside the ship, it's just, like, all, like, like it's everything's going wrong, but it's kind of, like, mocking you as yes. it's going wrong? Okay. Yes, oh. it is. Wow. Uh, the, the company that you work for is the fourth best company, and they are proud of it. Uh, <laughs> this game's like Journey to a Savage Planet. And now we're so for something completely different. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Still messed it up. <laughs> You know, it's the closest we're going to get. It's fine. Do you want me to do it? <laughs> you know Monty Python's jokes better, yes. Uh, so this game is going to be like Journey to a Savage Planet. And now for something completely different. Yeah! yeah. Nailed it. Mandy, Nicely done. <laughs> and uh, yeah, pretty much. Like the computer's completely mocking you the entire time. The CEO of the company is, is mocking you through not even knowing who you are. 
Like it's just all tongue in cheek. And so, but you go out and you're just an explorer. You're trying to find new things. It's, it's also kind of like a Metroidvania. As you get new powers, Ugh. you get to go in new areas. <laughs> yeah, no, you love them, Troy. That you, you should do this for your New Year's resolution. Oh, gosh, you should play this game. Right. Let's not talk about that. It is, it is very colorful. Um, everything's very kind of cute slash horrific looking. Is it first person? Uh, it is a first person shooter. Okay. Or first person explorer, Perspective. I should say. Yeah. yeah. Um, but... Uh, my journey through this game, I've only actually played like two hours of this game because mm-hmm. my journey to this game was uh, this is the game I was going to play through while I was in Japan. Right. So I'm on the plane to Japan. I'm like, sweet, popped out my, my laptop. I got my controller in my hand. Sweet. I go to play it. And it's like, you must be logged in to the Epic State, uh, Play Store in order to play this. I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do that on, on a plane. Oh, man. Uh-oh. Time to close well. my laptop. <laughs> it doesn't have any online features. You just have to it be doesn't. logged in. It uh, doesn't. So I looked it up later. I think there might be a way I could like uh, uh, side uh, side like log in without being online. But I haven't tried it since then because <laughs> once I got to Japan, I got my, my pocket Wi-Fi so I could be attached to the internet. Yeah, yeah. The you time. shut that laptop and you were like, and now for something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> this is before I could even play it. Like I was just like, I'm excited. I got I got this 14-hour plane ride. This oh, is going to no. be great. Yeah. I'm nope. sorry. So that's okay. So I was like, all right, that's fine. You know, once I get to Japan, I'll play it. Yeah. Uh, all of our train rides for the most part were pretty quick. So oh, I never good. really like okay. went to play it. Uh, but I was like, all right, I think I'm going to play at this train. This is going to be it. Uh, so we get on the train like, all right, sweet. It's a little bit of a slower train. So, you know, it'll, it'll be fine. I got two hours until we get to where we are. And then the train was probably the bumpiest train ride. Oh, this is a Sakai Minato train. Yeah, the Sakai oh. Minato one. It is literally just bubble, 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 oh, bubble, for two bubble, hours. Bubble, bubble. Oh. <laughs> it was, it was the really most insane rough. train ride oh. we've ever been on. Because we're used to bullet trains, which yeah. are just like nothing. Yeah, yeah, like you don't feel anything except for accelerating and decelerating. Wow. So I was like, all right, fine. So we finally get to Sakai Minato, and I was like, all right, I'm going to play this game. So I played the game for like an hour. I was like, all right, this is kind of fun. Not what I was expecting, like humor-wise, but this is fun. Uh, all right, cool. And then we, you know, train rides back. Again, they're not very long. Uh, then I played a little bit more in the hotel room, and I was like, all right, great. I'm going to play it on the plane ride back. Mm-hmm. This is my oh, plane ride back game. You for this, to play this game. Because <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I found the way to circumvent it, I think. Let's do it. Uh, we get on the plane to go home, and it has the least amount of legroom I've ever seen on a plane. <laughs> oh, no. Domestic or international. Oh, oh no. I have you, no you idea. you average height? Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. yeah. And I'm... I'm short. I never complain about plane seats. Even you? Ever. Oh, yeah. And I, my knees were maybe an inch and a half away from the per, the person's seat yes. in front of me. And not even with it being tilted. There was no, like, this even when it was normal. Takeoff. This is not for Mandy and I. I am so no. short that I, I, I literally said the next time we fly, we will look up the type of plane that that was and never get on another one of those and, again. And tell your friends about yes. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, stay away from those planes. Like, I started laughing because I walked up because <laughs> uh, our friend Anthony was also sitting next to us. He was in the, the aisle seat. I was in the middle and Joe was at the window. And so he was just looking at us like kind of like a good luck face. And I was like, okay, that's kind of a weird face. I looked to the left uh, down the aisle and I just start laughing. I'm like, what? <laughs> what What the hell is and, this? And how long was this flight? Uh, this flight was nine at least hours. nine hours, oh, but still oh, nine no, hours. No, I, I feel like the no. World Health Organization should do a study because it can't be good for you. No. Like it has to be for nine hours to sit. And especially, I mean, like Joe's just like, the, uh, yeah, but yeah. like, like Troy is six 
two, uh, six, six, two, three? six, three. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah I know. For There's nine no hours, way. I feel like it would be damaging was, to your body. It was body. crazy. You're giving me little the vapors just thinking about it <laughs> right now. And this is, you know, an international flight. International flights always are bigger in almost every yeah. single way. Your seats are wider, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Nope. Not this plane. This no. plane was definitely oh. some sort of domestic. <laughs> I, I chose to not get up. It was literally like I, like I at one point both him and Anthony had gotten I'm like I'm not getting out of this chair because if I have to come back into this chair and re-squish myself and this is me who likes to be squished. Yeah. I have no problem sitting on my feet and balling up and giving everybody else more leg room if they need to stretch out. Nope. I couldn't. I could barely move my legs. But on the on the on the bright side, there's a CEO rolling around naked in a pile of money. Somewhere. Oh, of course. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I couldn't even dream of taking out my laptop. <laughs> he would have never been able to change the pitch angle enough to where he could actually have seen the laptop. You engine. tried yeah. to think about it, but there wasn't enough room there was for zero you room thought. Yeah, for thought. Exactly. Uh, and then, you know, our second flight, which was from LAX to, to here, uh, was five hours. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll do it during this flight. Uh, but I was trying so hard to sleep. Uh, that it, I just didn't want to attempt to open Fair up my enough. laptop. But that one had doubled the legroom. It was a JetBlue flight. Had doubled the <laughs> legroom and doubled the width between the seats and everything. They oh made up gosh. for it. it. More than made up for it, but still, like, <laughs> why is a domestic flight bigger right. than yeah. a... And you know, an international it was crazy. Although Duff was on our uh, from Charm City Cakes, he was on our flight. That was pretty cool. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that was pretty interesting. So, but yeah, that was my journey to not playing a Savage Planet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I uh, will probably talk more about it next week. It was very fun though. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, how about you, Amanda? What did you play? I I haven't really even. Uh, I have a problem. I I, I That's really. Not a problem. I really want to play Animal Crossing, and then they had came out with the Animal Crossing Direct, and then I like really wanted to play Animal Crossing, and then I spent an hour trying to figure out if I can download Pocket Camp on Troy's DS, only to realize that I can't because I can't connect it to my DS anymore because I sold my DS, and I can't disconnect my my Nintendo account from the DS without it's it's very boring and very long, and I spent very long <laughs> on it. So instead, I downloaded Pocket Camp, and I've been playing Pocket Camp. And yes. you might think like, hey, you can't po- play Pocket Camp all day long. You must be playing other video games, but you're wrong. <laughs> Because I have paid just pocket camp for uh, uh, like a week and a half. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a problem. That sounds like a solution. <laughs> uh, so if you haven't played pocket camp recently, or if you don't know what pocket camp is, it's Animal Crossing for your phone. Uh, you you click on your neighbors. You you the same as Animal Crossing. Of you, course, you can give them items. You can you know get fruit from trees. But the main difference between what it was before and what it is now is uh, a membership fee. Is you don't have to pay for it, but it's two dollars a month. And if you pay the $2 a month, all of your times to build things are like divided by 10. Wow. So if it took you oh, like wow. 10 hours, it'll take you an hour. So it's like, oh. for $2 a month, how can you not? How can oh. you not? It would be irresponsible <laughs> not to. And then one of your people from camp follows you around. And then uh, if you're not playing, they do your job for you. So when you come back, just the stuff's there. Huh. You don't get as much stuff if they do it and you don't do it, but they're adorable. And then you can become better friends with that person because they, they, their hearts go up exponentially. Huh. So if you haven't jumped into Pocket Camp and you would also like to have a problem, uh, please jump back in and send me your friend code because I need more friends because that's the type of game this is. Please help Is this. the itch being scratched? No. <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem. Because, Mandy, I've been here for the last week with you. You, you have been, you are inflicted, in, it conflicted, with <laughs> like Animal Crossing fever, yo. Yeah. You've uh, contracted Animal you, Crossing fever. Yeah. You've contracted the crossing. 
Like yeah. you have <laughs> that's, been... That sounds ominous. The Crossing. <laughs> like it's been awesome, actually. You've done a lot of art projects. You made some bags today with little little bear faces on I it. Did, that's I cute. Did. We bought nets. <laughs> <laughs> We're putting together a uh, like a picnic for our our friends and stuff that's oh, yeah. coming up. Like we are we are going we're going hard. The amiibos have been adding up. <laughs> <laughs> I I am proud of myself because yes. uh, I knew Animal Crossing was coming out, so I went on the internet and I bought some amiibo cards, uh-huh. uh, which were really inexpensive because they're from the DS version. Yes, yeah. So they like are they, people just couldn't get rid of them. I checked again today, and they're twice what they were when I bought See them that? because other people realized that they work for this version of the Switch, so they bumped boom, up the price. But I got boom, them, boom, and they boom, were still boom. cheap. That's right. Get it. Pocket Get camp, it. more like pocket crack. Yeah, yeah. It's a problem. It does sound like a drug. <laughs> I am literally updating mine right now. <laughs> Do it. I need friends. I got and- you. Since we're going to continue with the Animal Crossing countdown, yes. Um, as of the airing of this episode on Sunday, it will be 18 days, two hours, 23 minutes, and 10 seconds until Animal Crossing New Leaf comes out. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so long. <laughs> like next week, she is just going to be an Animal Crossing character. I'm going to wake up and she's just going to be like boots or something. <laughs> yeah, you're just going to start talking to me and like really confused that I don't understand you. <laughs> but you but I'm going to start giving you fruit. Actually, I just bought a bunch of apples. <laughs> You're just going to start typing on your phone and just showing him it. I I text you two. I'm like, I need you over here right now. (laughs) And Joe's like, actually, I took a course in animal leaves. (laughs) (laughs) We went to the grocery store. We went to the grocery store. She tried to pay in bells. Actual bells. (laughs) Damn it. I knew I shouldn't have taken sim leaves. I should have. (laughs) Well, I look forward to it, Mandy. That's awesome. All right. Well, uh, that'll do it for our games. So I'll get us to our news segment. News, 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 news. Yeah, news. We're going to do it this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll try to make it a little bit quick because that last couple of things, it's been a little long. What we said was going to be very quick. It ended up not being. Uh, uh, So a new legendary Pokemon was revealed as part of Pokemon Day, uh, celebrating the game's 24th anniversary of the original Japanese release. Uh, It is called Zerud, and it is a rogue monkey Pokemon that is a dark grass type. How Zerud? I was going to make that joke. Oh, there it is. Yeah, and there it is. That's why it's a rogue monkey. All right. You get one joke. Moving on. Next, <laughs> next, next news article. Well, it will play a, mu- a major uh, role in the new Pokemon com- uh, movie coming out later this year oh. called Coco. And uh, it will also come to Pokemon Sword and Shield, uh, possibly through an event later on this year. Wait, the movie's cool. called Coco? The movie's called Coco. They already made that movie. I know they did. Okay. <laughs> That's why it's rogue. <laughs> We're stealing everything. Stealing everything. <laughs> and then also as part of Pokemon Day celebration, uh, the Pokemon Company, in uh, partnership with Google, uh, held a popularity contest uh, to name the Pokemon of 2020. Ooh. Uh, and so uh, anybody want to take a guess at what number one was? Uh, Pikachu. Uh, it was K- not. K.K. Slider. <laughs> <laughs> he should be a Pokemon, right? I mean, come on. It's close, yeah. <laughs> is, it Char- is it Charizard? No, Mewtwo. Nope. Okay, Charizard appeared on it. Mewtwo did not even oh, appear on the top 10. Wow. wow. People love Charizard. Uh, Jigglypuff? Do. Nope. She's, uh, she's super Joe? popular. Any guess? Mm, I, I... Snorlax. 
I always want to go Ditto, but I know it's not a Ditto. It's not a so Ditto. Sorry. Uh, it is actually Troy's favorite Pokemon. Greninja? It is Greninja. Oh. I didn't think it was. he was that popular. I know. Nobody oh. else did either. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, Greninja was number one. Uh, Lucario came in second. Okay. Oh, he and he uh, Mimikyu came in third. And, Mimikyu uh, was Mim- there? Yeah, Mimikyu. Mimikyu. That's the ghost Pokemon that puts on a sheet as a Pikachu. Like, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Charizard, I think, was number four. Okay, yeah. So. People love them some Charizard. Yeah, they do. They yeah. do. But uh, Pikachu didn't even appear on the top 10, which was is surprising. Was he number 25? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but everybody thinks it was a rig because Greninja was number one. Oh. <laughs> like, he why? couldn't possibly be that popular. That's wrong. It's because, <laughs> yeah. I think it's because of Smash because he is his own character mm-hmm. in Smash. And, and he's cool. And same, he's with Lucario. same with Lucario. Exactly. So. Oh, so even if people don't play Pokemon, they still right. play Smash. And then for the other ones. Oh, Pikachu is in Pokemon. I mean, in Smash too. Yeah, but he's so basic now. <laughs> so basic. I, oh I can't gosh. wait for next year's movie, Detective Greninja, to come out. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. That would be good. Yeah. That it'll be Grand Ninja. <laughs> it'll be <a> great Ninja. <laughs> uh, and then Maddie, you got some science news. I do. They they uh, they just made a video game to treat ADHD, and they ran a study alongside the video game, and they discovered that uh, uh, the children in the study um, who played the video game had an increased uh, attention span. Ooh. So um, really interesting. Uh, whenever they use video games to kind of expand upon what is possible for both, uh, you know. Because I've been told when I was a kid that it was going to make me ADHD, like that's a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like your attention is going to whatever. So I'm glad that they're making things to help. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They they said it was going to be particularly good for children children whose parents don't necessarily have access to some of the services. They definitely said it wouldn't be a replacement for like traditional uh, treatment. Mm -hmm. But for people who have a hard time reaching the treatment, either from like a... Uh, monetary perspective or even from a location perspective that this might be a nice way to kind of supplement yeah. help the socioeconomic uh, divide yes if you will. absolutely cool. cool help the children and, and help break the stigmas of video games that's right yes. absolutely all right and then uh and then also next uh microsoft and epic are also dropping out of gdc which is the game developers conference mm-hmm. uh due to concerns about the coronavirus so gotcha. we'll see if it's even going on at this point yeah well it's going to be a weird year yeah yeah, yeah. It, it most certainly will be yeah. uh and then also cyberpunk is going cross-platform ish it will be if you buy it on the xbox one they will also pay it forward and let you have it on the series x yeah it'll come with like a an upgrade when yep. when next comes out Correct. everyone should do this everyone should do this for every game ever. all platforms yeah. yes <laughs> bye bye assassin's creed i should be able to play it everywhere you shouldn't make me buy it again agreed exactly yeah very much so uh and then also also xbox one uh got a home screen update that makes it a lot more intuitive for users to find what they want so um so are you are you happy aj we're, we're doing xbox news <laughs> See, it, it works, bud. It worked. It looks like Sony's home screen. That's all. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'm with you. It <laughs> looks like Sony. Shh, we're doing Xbox news here, Amanda. <laughs> and then, uh, in a kind of unprecedented uh, uh, aspect of EA, uh, they completely banned a YouTuber uh, from all of their games online, uh, including wow. just regular old online services. The YouTuber was named was Kurt0411, but he has repeatedly threatened EA employees oh and, and also uh, had his, encouraged his viewers to do the same. Wow. wow. He's kind of a garbage human being. Oh, <laughs> yeah, never Yikes. do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. 
No, not at all. I mean, they're just video games, guys. We have a video game podcast, but still, like, come on, man. They're just video just games. Video games yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're being encouraging about video games. We should, too. Yeah. Everybody should be. <laughs> uh, and then finally, we got some Fable news, right, Amanda? We do. It's it's wonderful, but also a little sad is um, Fable 4 leaked. Uh, and I hate reporting on leaks, but uh, I'm very excited that uh, Fable 4 <laughs> is in development. Um, on the on the plus side, uh, when they asked Phil Spencer about why he hadn't announced Fable 4, despite the fact that it was in development, because they had that whole section at, oh, yeah. at E3, he said that he didn't release the information because he didn't want to provide anything to the public until he knew when we could get it into the when we can get it into our hands, and that he was fully confident in the direction the game was taking. Yeah. So. Uh, on the upside, I'm very happy that Fable's coming out, but on the downside, stop leaking things, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. come on. Let the developers do their thing. Come on. Do you think they were going to shadow drop it? No. Yeah, I, I would <laughs> love that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, if you think I am obsessed with the Animal Crossing, getting another Fable would just be the end-all, be-all. But I think it'll probably come out for the X-Series X. Agreed. Agreed. What if it's like a launch day and they're just like, Boom. Day one, Shadow Drop, Series X. I would probably buy a Series X, which would not make any sense because I can play this on my PC. (laughs) But I think in the excitement, I would just spend the money and then go, like, what did I do? (laughs) (laughs) And somewhere AJ would be like, ha, 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 yes. (laughs) Feed, grow. (laughs) Play Xbox. That's right. Uh, So, yeah, that'll do it for our news segment. You know, Brian and Joe. You guys have been out there talking about all types of wonderful Japanese goodness. And we talked a little bit about food earlier on this podcast, but you haven't told us what was your favorite food. Like Ooh. what was what was the thing that you all ate that was like just mind blowing? Like I, I think I feel like you mentioned it, but I can't quite was it like a savory sushi? Yeah. Did you guys have like a savory sushi well, maybe? Well, we did. Uh, I don't think that's my favorite food though. Oh, maybe some raunchy ramen. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Ew. No. Couldn't have gone robust ramen. Look or... out for raunchy ramen right next to Pole City. <laughs> Listen, it's Pole Town. Oh, I'm sorry, Pole Town. Yes. It's a little classier than no. Pole City. You know, it's, it's not as many people as a city. Uh, I did eat some new noodles, though. Ooh. Yeah, that was pretty good. But was that like the best? No, it wasn't. Oh, okay. It was good. It was amazing. It was, it was very but, good. You know, very there, good. There was, it must have been something else. I yeah. did have some Oishi Otoro. That was very that's good. Ooh. Delicious uh, tuna. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that is some tasty tuna. That oh. is exactly what it would be. Yeah. Oh, tasty. Yeah. Well, I want to hear what was tasty. What What else was tasty? Ooh, I don't know. Um, mm. What else did you try? Uh, I think I think we did try to discuss some topics. <gasps> uh-huh. They were rather tasty. They were. But what were they? They might have been a a tasty topic. Yay, we're back. We did the thing. We did the thing. We we quartetted that. Like a barbershop. Uh, so this week, uh, Troy, you ha- you are introducing our tasty topic. Yes. So unfortunately, this past week, uh, we saw the passing of the creator of the Konami Code. That's um, correct. Who we'll be talking about in our Dragon of the Week. Uh, but spoiler before, alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, but before we talk about the creator, we wanted to talk about the code itself and yes. kind of the influence of it. Now, the Konami Code uh, was made in the, the mid-80s. And the reason was because uh, the game called uh, Gradius. 
And the developer, it was found it so hard to beat. <laughs> he wasn't good at the game. No. <laughs> <laughs> so he put in a code that would give him all the power ups so that he could just test the game to to get through. And um, this code ended up staying in the final version of the game. And it was starting to be used by friends of his and developers for also a practical tool to like just you know, work the bugs out of your game without having to worry about beating games because games were hard in the 80s. <laughs> oh, yeah. Y'all made hard games back then. That's oh, yeah. on you. <laughs> Otherwise, they would be 45 minutes long if you didn't die repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but lucky enough, because of this, we got the Konami code. Correct. Which is... Up, up, down, 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 down left, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. <laughs> They said or, start is optional. It is. It exactly. Is, it is definitely optional. It just normally ends at the BA. Right. Uh, unless you're playing uh, Contra and you have a friend, then it's select start. it's both. Yeah. yeah. It was always um, select start for me. Same. <laughs> <laughs> so this code has been used in a slew of games, hundreds of games even, and yep. even beyond gaming. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to know if you all had some memorable Konami code experiences or any favorite Konami code applications. Yes. That is the topic. Yeah, I will. I'll, you know, I'll start us off. Cool. Uh, so you said it was first, uh, you know, done in, in in Gradius, and so it was the very first one. And so, like you said, if you pause the game, inserted the code, unpause the game, it would give you every single power up in the game. Cool, right? Uh, my favorite one is in Gradius three. Uh, you would do the same thing. You pause <laughs> it. You insert the code. You don't yeah. pause it. All the power-ups would show up, but then your ship would explode. <laughs> it became self-aware. You're just like, ah, ah, ah. You thought this was going to be easy. Nah, brah. This is Gradius 3. 3. Get be- good. Better get good. Uh, but then it also came out that if uh, instead of hitting left, right, left, right, if you hit the shoulder buttons, left, right, left, right, then it would work. Oh. So you had to be a little bit more coy oh. with it. They were clever. But, but that's my favorite thing. Like, oh, I'm just going to get all the power-ups. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> I just died. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. Right on, right on. I remember playing Contra as a kid with um, one of my uh, best friends growing up. Uh-huh. And that game is hard. And oh, we yeah. played together and it was super hard. And I think around that time, um, Nintendo Magazine came out with the... Uh, they pretty much blew the spot up when it came to the code. Mm-hmm. It was like a thing that developers knew. And then... The magazine came out, and then everybody knew about this code. So I didn't play it like when that happened, but my friend did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so he clued me into this uh, code. And to be honest, my memory of it is just that was the normal way we played. Because it wasn't like this, ooh, cool, we got a code. If we were playing Contra, it was with that code. Because otherwise, you can't play Contra. Same. <laughs> yeah. You'd be playing the hard. same one level or exactly. half of yeah. one level yeah. <laughs> the entire time. And I was like five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, you ask too much of me. Uh-huh. Um, so that is just my Contra experience. I didn't even know that it was a code until later when I realized, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> that's how it's supposed to be? Uh-huh. So, yeah, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, how about you, Amanda? You have a, you have a memory? So um, I spent an hour today Googling games with Contra codes in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to six different websites. I have never in my life played a single one of those <laughs> games. <laughs> but but I did have a similar experience as I did play uh, Donkey Kong Country. 
uh, for the Super Nintendo, and I loved it. And if you went to the start screen and you pressed uh, down Y, down, down Y, mm-hmm. um, then you got a, like a special screen where you could play any of the mini games that you normally had to unlock. So uh, that was my junior version of the Contra. <laughs> the Contra code. I'm going to go ahead and segue this into a bragging moment about like... <laughs> I don't know, six years ago, Mandy and I were still dating. Uh, we were, we were um, playing some video games, uh-huh. and we had some friends over the house, some theater friends. And I guess I had like a version of Donkey Kong on the Wii U or the Wii or whatever we had. And so we were like, let's play Donkey Kong Country. Cool, cool, cool. And our friends, we got in, and and um, Mandy had the controller. And without a prompt or anything, she put in the code. Uh-huh. And like my guy friends looked at her because she had this code and then looked at me like, Nice. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you had to know. It was like, it's the way. Did they put it in? Do you think they put it in? <laughs> so like, I, it's kind of the same moment of just like, oh, do you think they put it into the thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was obviously a, a, a wink to Contra. Yeah, and it also course. spelled Diddy, which is cute. Yes, that's pretty Thank awesome. Thank you, Mandy, for being super cool and making me look super cool. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. How about you, Joe? Uh, Contra all the way. Yeah, oh, Every, it was too? it yeah. was completely contra. I I I had the same experience you did, Troy. You I, I didn't play that game without the code. I was so not it's good not at contra. it. <laughs> <laughs> there was I barely got through that level it's with just the headache, code. The game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had a friend once who could play the entire game with three lives, and I was Yikes. like, I don't even know you. What what kind of <laughs> robot are you? And it was amazing watching him play. But it was like I I I would have used that code like eight times by now. But Brian, Brian, what kind of robot was he? Um, uh, an android. Oh, okay. uh, you gotta ask a robot to know. Robots know each other. Yes. Robot yes. knows robot. I mean, he might have been a cyborg. I'm not. A, I'm not 100 percent sure if he was 100. percent It was the not. 80s. It was yeah. the 90s. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, I, I looked up some fun uses of Konami codes just for some some funsies. If you put the Konami code into uh, Metal Gear Solid, Snake just goes. What do you think you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> I think kind of walks away. If you do it, I think in the second one, uh, he just starts screaming. <laughs> he, he just, he just, yeah, he just starts screaming. <laughs> um, apparently, uh, ESPN at one point the website, if you put in the code, uh, a big purple unicorn would fly across the screen, <laughs> and it would get all glittery, <laughs> like glitter, like confetti drop glitter would fall everywhere, all over it. That's awesome. Um, the a Canadian currency website <laughs> when it was announcing it's like, uh, you know, 140th year anniversary currency. If you put in the code on the website, uh, just oh Canada would start playing, which <laughs> I think every website should have that <laughs> implemented o right now. If I put in the Konami code, oh Canada better start playing. I don't care what website you are. Make that happen. <laughs> Great, now I gotta put it on ours. That's it. Totally. That's, that's, the whole song. that's it. That's all it is. I'm not even sure if that's the right lyric. I, I, I apologize. I know O right Canada now. is what it starts with. Hey, I, I think the tune was right. Correct, correct, correct. Nice, nice, nice. But yeah, so uh, thank you, Konami Code, for bringing us many years of fun. And for many years down the road, it's gonna continue be, to be put into games. Yeah. Um, so right on. Code lives on. It does. It does. And now that brings us to our Dragon of the Week. It's the Dragon of the Week. It'll make you freak. It's the Dragon of the Week. Oh, it's so chic. Dragon of the Week. 
Dragon of the Week is our chance to shine a little love on this industry that we love and talk about some people or some some companies or whatnot that make the games we love to play. Yeah. Talk about whatever we want, because it's our podcast. <laughs> Got that right. <laughs> and this week, I'll be talking about whatever I want, which is the creator of the Konami Code, which is uh, Kazuhisa Hashimoto. Uh, he was the video game director and producer at Konami, and also creator of the Konami Code. Um, he first joined the company in 1981. Well, first of all, I'm super excited about this, Brian. Oh, okay. The fact that, like, yes, this man, he, he passed away this week. Yes, and he did. so. Uh, he's mostly known for the Konami code. Yes. And I think it's remarkable to, to also realize like, hey, he was, <laughs> yeah, he, was he wasn't person. just a living code. Yeah. He wasn't like just up, up, down. Like he, <laughs> that's not what he looked like. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like I'm super thrilled to actually find out like who is behind, you know, this video game staples. Like, yeah. The fact that his name isn't Konami. Yeah. Like, right. Oh, all right. <laughs> his first name isn't Konami and his last name isn't code. Right. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Oh, wow. I'm already thrilled with everything you this said. This is great. Yeah. So <laughs> launch in. I just want let no, you no, know no, no problem. I'm super no problem. excited. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, so yeah, like I said, he was first. He first joined the company in 1981, along with roughly uh, 30 other uh, people that were fresh out of college. Um, that's what Konami normally did. They just hired people who were fresh out of college. Um, and at the time, they were just making uh, circuit boards for like uh, roulette machines, slot machines, okay. that type of stuff. Gambling. And uh, though later successes would allow them to uh, broaden the horizon and start develop video games. Um, and so that's kind of the class that he kind of came in. Uh, he first was just doing the, the circuit boards, but then I think it was like within a year or two, he was working on these types of games. And so uh, Konami was a coin-operated arcade, arcade gaming first, or company first. And uh, so all their experienced people were put on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hashimoto didn't know anything mm-hmm. about programming or game creation, so they put him on the Nintendo team. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Uh, they Not gave, a bad team. Yeah, they gave him a teacher that taught him how to program as they were going. Like they had just one teacher for everybody on the Nintendo team. Oh my team. gosh! Uh, that must because have been a very good teacher. <laughs> if he was just like, well, you know, th- we're about coin operating business. We're right. just doing arcade games. But if we need a port or anything, you know, we'll have a Nintendo team. But uh, you know, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like pushing your kid into the pool. Just you'll fi- you'll figure That's it fine. out. It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. This is fine. No, it's like pushing your kid into the pool, knowing you have six other kids. It's yeah. just like it's fine. It's fine. You only have one lifeguard, but there's twenty kids in the pool. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> They'll make it. They'll make it. <laughs> uh, but his first game port was Track and Field, and. Oh. Um, it was completed with only one other person. No and way. It took six months. Oh. I love track and field. Right? Uh, and uh, he was influenced by Atari and their Easter eggs in the games. Uh, so he included some UFOs in the, uh, in the game for right. players to find. Uh, just, you know, just because he could. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they basically, what they had was just all the assets, but the actual gameplay and how to implement an arcade style game right. into a Nintendo console uh, was all up to them. Just so, press AB a bunch yep, over yep, and over and over Exactly, again. <laughs> right? Uh, so the next game that they did, though, was Gradius. Uh, uh-huh. And so they were ordered to put it support. Uh, they were like, all right, this needs to be on the NES ordered. system. Ordered, I love they that. Were, no, they were definitely ordered because <laughs> Gradius was a huge hit on the arcade. Right, right, right. So like, this right. has to go to the and Nintendo. Get it out first. This is going to be a huge success. Uh, so, but because it was a huge elaborate game with sprites and colors and 
that you know the NES just couldn't handle. Uh, he had to be practical about it. So they basically just were like, "All right, uh, this is this is what we can do. All right, let's go home." <laughs> and that's what they did. Uh, it was only four people that was on the project, um, and it took them six months to do, or like four to six months, he said, in order to port this over. Um, and this is the game, as you said earlier, where the Konami code first was born. Um, and in our, and, and out of these four guys who were developing uh, developing it, only one of them was actually kind of good at the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so for testing purposes... It wasn't like they were making this game from the ground up and this was like their passion. Oh, no. They were just taking someone else's game and being like, all right. This is what we can do with it. Yeah. <laughs> and that other guy was much better at video games. Yeah. <laughs> so so they're like, all right. Well, Hashimoto's like, well, I got I to gotta do something. I got to play this game in order to figure out what it is. So he put the code in it so that way it would give him all the power-ups and uh, make the game a little bit easier um and he wanted to make it he wanted to make it easy enough to remember but not something that you would input accidentally just while normally playing uh so that's how he came up with the code uh just because it's easy to remember all of us know what it is yeah yeah, yeah. you know (laughs) and uh but he did not mean to leave it in the game when it was released oh no uh goodness and uh you know but lo and behold there it was when it was released uh and so a couple of players discovered it you know while while doing it and started uh spreading it word of mouth because this is the mid 80s that's how things (laughs) traveled that's the only way way. (laughs) uh but they were also reporting it back to konami uh like hey there's this thing in your game um and so some of the other developers found out about it at konami uh, and they loved this so much that they started putting it in their games as well, <laughs> such nice. as Contra, which right. is where it completely blew up with with the uh, with Nintendo Power and all that. Right. So, so that's actually where it came from. Okay, cool. Just some guy accidentally left in some code because <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to test a game. <laughs> uh, but like I said, they were expecting this game to be a huge hit. Mm-hmm. So when it lost on the NES, uh, they printed a million copies of this game. Uh, it ended up only selling five to six hundred thousand. Oh, <laughs> so they were left with a lot of extra copies. So uh, it was kind of you know iffy going with him, uh, but thankfully the next game he developed actually doing went extremely much better. Okay. That, that's that's how words come out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, extremely much better is how it went. Uh, his next game that he did was The Goonies. And okay. this was something that he did all on his not all on his own, but he developed it on his. You know, he, he's the one that came up with everything. So, and that one ended up selling almost a million copies when they were expecting it to sell <laughs> Get next that to nothing. Goonie money. Right? Uh, so, because it did so well, it afforded him and his colleagues to take a chance on a game that pro- that didn't do well initially. Okay. Uh, but actually, they were able to make an original game off of it and kind of make a spiritual sequel to it. Okay. Um, so, what they were doing was at the time, they were playing Dragon Quest. Oh, they were no. him and his other no Brian Re- no 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 <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, so they're playing it and uh, him and his other developer friends just completely loved it they actually uh, like started passing around the controller and they completed it in a day oh wow and so they're like you know what we really want to create like kind of an open world game as well that also had what was called a staff scroll which is what the overworld was so yeah. it's just one giant sprite that kind of scrolled throughout uh, so. So that's what they did. They took a a company or they took a game called Mr. Goemon that didn't do so well. Uh, and they created a game called Gambari Goemon, a tricky journey, which was the follow up to it. <laughs> and uh, it was innovative in uh, in ways that a lot of other games weren't. So like in most games, you could only move right. 
you know, your, your, your beat em ups or your whatever. Yeah. Whereas this game, you could travel, you could go back to the left. It was a, you could oh. freely move around what you wanted to do. And uh, you could also jump and uh, items would appear underneath your feet. Um, it was pretty interesting. Um, and so he, because he wasn't very good at games, he also wanted to design a way into the game so that you could still complete it if you weren't very good at it. So as long as you played it long enough and collected enough gold, you can go into the in-game shop and buy a ticket to the next level. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I was like, oh, that's a really interesting way to look at game design. So even if you suck at games, you could still enjoy it. Yeah, wow. yeah. So so yeah, that actually ended up blowing up. And, uh, it completely sold extremely well and ended up be, uh, creating a franchise uh, for it in Japan. Uh, the first game they, they ended up uh, bringing out of it was called, uh, I think it was The Legend of... It'd Korra. be nice if I could find. Yeah, the Legend of Korra. That's nice. exactly what it's about it is. Time. Nailed it. Zelda. I somehow deleted that note, so don't worry about it. The Legend of Zelda. We'll, we'll edit. We'll, we'll edit that out in post. We'll edit that out. It's fine. It's fine. No, it's really funny. Let's just leave it in. Uh, but he uh, he credits all of his games uh, and Konami's games in general with having great music, and the reason was that is uh, for that is because the company campus was located directly next to Osaka College of Music. <laughs> Well, that helps. So they would hire lots Just of... Just like gr- kids coming over and being like, yo, you want, want to hear my mixtape? Want to do this? Want to put my mixtape in that game? <laughs> yes, on, we do. Yes, 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 we, we do. do. Uh, so they ended up hiring lots of graduates from there because they also like to hire new graduates because, you know, they're really cheap. <laughs> huh. <laughs> That's familiar. And inspired and... <laughs> yeah, right? Full of new ideas. <laughs> and so as as Konami, like I said earlier, they a lot of their ports and a lot of things that they did, they only had two to four people working on these games for like six months. However... Uh, Konami had a dedicated programmer for the sound team. Cool. So he took what was composed and specifically programmed it for use on whatever NES game it was used for. So that was one of the things that they did very, very well at Konami. And so he definitely credits that with a lot of his games doing very well. Um, so yeah, the music's so important. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so while he would go on to develop uh, games for later systems, he thinks that he was really happy during the time of Nintendo era because he was able to do everything for the games. He was coding, right. he was programming, he was designing, he was doing everything. And so whereas nowadays everyone has very specific jobs, like you're going to create a menu for six for like yeah. six months to a year. And that's your job. Yeah, yeah. that's your job. You're going to be doing the user interface. That's all you got. Uh, and he was able to like heavily influenced the entire design of the game because it was just him and one other dude. So he he thinks that that's the reason why a lot of people are, are a little bit less happy nowadays. They get burnt out. You yeah. get burnt out because it really is just one thing you're Monotonous. doing. Probably yeah. your entire career if you don't move up. Wow. So uh, yeah, that's he, he says he was the happiest during the Nintendo era, okay. even when he would move on, go on and develop other games. That's cool. what he was the most happy with. Uh, and then, unfortunately, this week, he passed away at the age of 61, Aww, which... That's sad. Yeah, that's, not that long, but... Young. Yeah, it's pretty young. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he'll always live on with his influence on the gaming industry as a whole. For reals. Yeah. For reals. So, all right, man. So all yeah. the best to, you know, all those <laughs> family and everyone <laughs> affected by him. We're all, we're all going to punch that code in tonight for oh, yeah. our homie. That's Heck right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, but yeah, that is Kazuhisa Hashimoto. Right on. Right on. So... Good for that. Good for that. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, you're welcome. So that was the the dragon of the week. Um, did you? I was did you? Yeah. <laughs> and I was really happy to actually look him up because I really also didn't know all that much about him. I knew about the the Konami code, but I didn't know that 
he wasn't even he didn't even have anything to do with Contra. It right. was just <laughs> yes. so everybody else was just like, hey, I'm going to use that. Yeah, I'm going to use that. It's just yeah. his influence. And the the influence not just with the with, with the code, but the idea of hiding stuff in your games. Like even before the code, he hit that UFO thing like you mentioned. Oh, yeah. That's like the coolest part of games <laughs> is just hearing about that hidden thing. Mewtwo, for example, in the Pokemon games uh-huh. is hidden away. Like that almost, that made Pokemon Pokemon. This oh, like yeah. <laughs> secret yeah. character. So games that have secrets are just like like popcorn oh, oh they <laughs> are he also it. created an entirely secret level in like the goonies like that's that was awesome. one of his things he was known for as well he was just that, hiding stuff in constantly that feeling when you feel like you're the one who discovered this new thing for the first time is is wonderful yeah and and uh, it's nice to see his influence permeating through the rest of the industry definitely. in many ways definitely so yeah uh so yeah, that'll do it for the end of this week's episode. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, as not always, <laughs> uh, we've recorded live uh, downstairs in the Dragon's Den, also known as one of our houses. Yeah. <laughs> I like it down here. It's got a good musk. Not a bad yeah. musk, a good musk. It is, it is. It's got yeah, some nice like pitter patter of like dog feet. It's There's nice. a dragon claws. Yeah. Dragon, yeah. Claws. dragon claws. Yeah, dragon claws, yes. yes. Very much so. <laughs> the roar of the dragon in the background as well. You've heard it. You've heard it. We've all heard it. <laughs> uh, but you can also find us online. That's right. Check us out at Taste of Dragons on Twitter and Instagram for follow-up content throughout the week that is unique to uh, social media. Uh, this week, we'll be looking back in gaming history at Tekken 5, which had its North American release this week uh, in February. So check it out to hear our memories on it. or. Yeah. Just my memories on it, I think. I Most, think I- mostly Troy's. Uh, I played it in the arcade. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> That's all, right. all I got. Fair Isn't enough. that the one where you throw kids in volcanoes? Oh, that is, yes. Tekken is where you throw kids in volcanoes. Yeah. That is that franchise. Yeah. Everyone goes on a volcano at some point. It's just a rite of passage. <laughs> Absolutely. This is it's Joe versus volcano all the time. <laughs> hey, Hachi versus volcano. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that could be the name of a character in that game. <laughs> volcano <laughs> oh totally totally but yeah uh check us out there as well and uh also check out our website tasteofdragons.com and right. look on youtube uh to see our, us experiment with new different videos here that's and right there. that's right we might get net back to nancy drew at some point we don't know don't don't you dare threaten me with that <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to okay <laughs> i'm about to have a lot more free time all right <laughs> I got to do something. You don't see Joe's face of her just looking down, rubbing her eyes. <laughs> oh, I see it. I experience it all the time when I talk at her. <laughs> I like Marin. how you said yeah. talk at her and not talk to her. <laughs> yes. That's correct. That is correct. correct. I know my words. I'm not listening. <laughs> it starts, uh, he starts up and it's like, no, no, I don't want to do, no, oh, I, I'm out. I'm out. I'm, I've now checked out. I've checked out. I'm in my happy well, place where well, there's animal crossing. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> For coming back and being our producer yep. and producing it up. Anytime. We appreciate your return. I love doing this with you guys. It's awesome. fun. <laughs> and thank you, Brian, for coming back and, and, and hitting us with this hosting. Yeah. Hosting's hard. It's it. a lot of work. Yeah. But it's fun. It's but fun. Thank you. It's, fun. It's, it's, it's different. It is very different. <laughs> uh, and yeah, of course, this is, you know, this is my home, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely my home. And uh, as always, well, at least... You know, as always, except for the last three weeks. Uh, <laughs> uh, my name is Brian. I'm Amanda. I'm Troy. And I'm Joe. And we are <gasps> the, the Taste, Taste of Dragons. Dragons. Have a great week, everyone. Nailed it. I nailed it. We did it. I'm back. We did it. I'm back.